yes. <laughs> we're in person. And we're sharing one mic. It's super intimate. <laughs> and we just ate spicy ranch pretzels, so you know what that means. I actually can't smell your breath at all. Me either. It's nice. I love it. And also, those pretzels are so good. They're so good. They're the flat pretzels. Mm-hmm. What are, what's that brand? Snack Factory? Snimply. <laughs> I don't know. Snimply? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Something skinny and also simple. Mm. But I don't know. They're the thins. Thins. They're the flat pretzels that you, you know get. Them. Usually, they're in like every airport in America. Usually, they're big. Yes. These are mini, and they have new flavors. There's like a honey mustard. Ooh. There's something else. And then we got spicy ranch. I will be purchasing these. Have you had other flavors? No, but I'm going to. Yeah, those are good. They're really those good. Those are winners. By the way, I bought that bag on Sunday. Perfect. It's Love been, that. and it's a big bag. Yeah. Anyways, this is Spare Time, the podcast. Yes, a pretzel podcast where we also talk about arts, culture, books, what we're doing, what we're feeling, what we're thinking, all in our spare time. Gorgeous. <laughs> Just gets more stunning every time <laughs> I try. That's my friend Marie. That's my friend Elisa. And here we are. Um, it is the month of October. Nope. Yeah. nope. Well, it's- technically it's the month of November now, but we are recapping the month of October. I fully thought it was October today as I said that. Oh. It came, it came from nowhere well, November. You'll hear later that we are not in November mentally. Absolutely not. Nope. So what did you do in October, the month that no longer is somehow. Right. Like, I don't remember October, so it's hard to say because I don't believe that it actually happened. Mm -mm. But I did a lot of music stuff, I think. Like, I I definitely have been in a big concert season again, which we love. So fun. Um, I saw a few really good shows this month. I went to All Things Go, which is a DC music festival. Very fun. I got to see Lord finally. Oh, what did she sing? Oh my God. She sang all the hits. She knew what we wanted. Okay. She said, I'm going to give you a little bit of my new album, but I know that you don't like it. I'm glad she knows. She said Solar Power. She didn't even sing Stone at the Nail Salon. Like, I think she sang two songs from whatever it's called. I haven't listened to her new album or actually, like, I don't know any of her songs except the famous ones. It's, I would say that this album from Lord is, like, one of the greatest flops of our generation. Oh, <laughs> my God. There were, like, all of these fan accounts, like, all these people on Twitter. There was a Twitter account that was, like, has Lord dropped her new album today? And it's, like, people were just, because Melodrama is perfect, I think. It's, like, one of the great albums of the past decade. Mm-hmm. And everyone was just, like, eagerly anticipating. And her first album was also excellent. So this album came out, and it was just, like, not – it was a flop in a way that's, like, so embarrassing because it was so, like, I don't know. It was, know. like, so It was so tone deaf and, like, oh. so the – vi- the vibe was just, like, too – the vibe was all wrong. Oh, my God. I hated it. I'm going to listen to it just to understand what that means. Well, the vibe is very much, like – um I spent the pandemic in a place where there was no pandemic, right? Like, because she's in New Zealand. So, like, she was having a different time oh. than everybody else. She's like, I'm on the beach, yoga, like, yoni eggs. <laughs> like, everyone was like... So you're like, literally. You're like, you don't actually... You weren't having the same experience as we were having. And, like, what we want is, like, sad 
play music that like celebrates our collective trauma as, in an appropriate mm. way and she didn't deliver that so basically anybody that went through a pandemic in the years 2020 2021 2022 won't like this album yeah i don't i don't think so it's a very it also is like you probably saw some of this when like solar power came out or maybe we talked about it that it's like very much like a an activia commercial vibe like the whole album Oh my god. Or like a Venus Razor commercial. I've never heard the song Solar Power. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have to listen to it. It truly is. I mean, it could be any number of things, but it's definitely a commercial for something that's for ladies. I can't wait. Yeah, you're gonna hate it. <laughs> I'm gonna hate it. I don't like Lord, really. I, I, it's not that I don't like her. I just really don't care about her. And like the songs that are the popular songs, I don't care about them. And that's okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I also saw The Killers this month. Oh my god! Really fun. I don't really care about The Killers, to be honest, but like it was iconic. I loved them in the like early 2000s. Yeah, me too. And it's one of those bands that like I knew, I was like, oh, I fucking love this song. Like, When You Were Young. Banger. So good. I was like, literally take me. It was <laughs> so good. Um, and I also saw two gals that I love. I saw Charlotte Sands, who's like a punk princess who's having a big rise to fame like fun she this is her first solo tour and i saw her open she was like the first of two openers for some i can't even remember who i always say machine gun kelly but it wasn't machine gun kelly (laughs) can you imagine um and she like it was one of those moments where like everybody knew all the words you could tell it was like one of the first times that everybody knew all the Mm. words she was like having a moment of realization like this is it it's happening and it was very cool. I have chills. That makes me cry. I have chills too. I know. I'm so proud of her. I feel like she's my daughter. And then I also saw Fletcher, which was amazing. My God. I'm happy for you. Yeah, it was fun. It was good stuff. Speaking of your daughter, where the fuck is Lennon Stella? Where is she? Well, she released those two horrible songs. You remember? Yes, I remember. <laughs> like, on my bubble floating away or whatever. I you said, are you song? okay? <laughs> yeah. It was so weird. Like, her album, 321, is perfect. Yeah, it's and the EP, the EP is also so good. Love me. Where is she? She has the worst titles for her art, yeah. though, I will say. Love me. Love, comma, me. And then three, two, one. Okay. She'll figure it out. Um, Love her so much. Um, so And then obviously the Taylor Swift of it all, which we mm. will get into. Yeah, if you don't like Taylor Swift, which yeah. like, I, don't I know. get it. But, any, I'm, like, I'm like, is there anyone left who can resist? I don't think so. I resisted for a long time and here I am in a Swifty group chat. So Yeah, a really active Swifty group chat. I love it. I love the it's tea. It's so fun. I want to know it all. Yes. We'll get to that. Okay, what did you do in the month of October? Um, I had an interesting month. High highs, low lows, I think we could call it. Um, I went to New York City and I reunited with all of my friends, I so feel fun. like, and it was so important. And some of these were friends I hadn't seen in two years, like since the pandemic, Dude, which is crazy. That's wild. And it was just like fun to be in the city. Everybody says New York is back. It feels back, mm-hmm. which is kind of scary, but also fun. Um, it was just so nice to like travel and just like bop around the city, you know? Yes. Um, but then. With New York being back, that also means that I got COVID in New York City. Mm. Yep. So if you listen to our September episode, which we famously recorded in the middle of October, during the recording, I had COVID. We didn't name it then. I'll name it now. I'm ready yeah. to speak the it's name. It's no longer uh, the famous virus. 
still a pretty famous virus. Um, so I spent honestly like two plus weeks of October inside of my house on my couch for the most part um, mm-hmm. because I had COVID and I personally am still following um, the 10-day guidelines. And then Erica had COVID. She got it on the last day of mine. So... She's locked in for a while. Super fun. So I consumed a lot of media in my spare time, mm-hmm. as you can imagine, um, which is actually kind of fun. Like, I I felt like it was, in a way, nice to have a moment to just be still and lay on my couch and yep. not feel obligated to do anything else because I literally couldn't. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot of my month. Um, and then I feel like I also listened to a lot of music in October. Like, yeah. I had a record-breaking music listening time there were a couple of albums that came out that I was highly anticipating and I just was feeling musicy yeah we had a musicy month um I've been watching a lot of tv lately too and I'm not like obsessed with anything that I'm watching which makes me a little bit sad did you watch tell me lies no should I watch it yeah okay yeah (laughs) it's based on a book I loved the book I've actually mentioned it on this very podcast (gasps) Tell Me Lies by Carola Lovering. Mm. The book is painful. The show is painful. Mm. It's about a relationship in Mm. college. I read this book. You told me to. Yeah. I don't remember. Why don't I remember it? Because I blacked it out because it was Because you said, wow, this is my life. (laughs) Cool. It's just, it's very, I think, in a way, like, it's not a deep book. I mean, it actually is. But it's like, it's somehow very, like, it hits on the experience of being like a young person in a relationship where you are being so traumatized, mm. you know? Yes. Um, I thought the show was good. I, it seems like people really like the show, but most of the masses didn't read the book. So towards mm. the end, they said, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, you should watch it. Okay. Don't mind if I do. It's also like early 2000s, the setting, and they got it really right with like all the music and all the clothes. So it's kind of fun. I'm seeing a lot of early 2000s shows, I feel like. Like I'm seeing a lot of razor flip phones Mm -hmm. around, and I like that. Yeah, I like it too. That was a simpler time. I really, you know I miss it. I know. I'm in one of those phases. I should have put this somewhere in the notes, but I'm in a hating my phone phase. Like, Mm -hmm. I keep deleting Instagram. I want a flip phone. Mm -hmm. This happens to me often. If you're a listener of the podcast, you will know. (laughs) Um, And that's where I'm at right now. I want you to have a flip phone. Do you think I could do it? I think it would be, like, a really great personal challenge for you. Yes. I think you should have two phones. Yeah, I think. But have rules. I would need to be able to, I would need to have my iPhone be in like Euro trip mode, right? Mm-hmm. Like basically just be like, I can only use it in Wi Fi because I want to have a camera with me because I like to take pictures mm-hmm. of stuff. But I don't want to be able to text or look at Instagram. You don't want to be able to I guess text? I can text, but I don't want to be able to like text the way that I text. Like I want to mm-hmm. call people. Mm, I like more. that. So maybe I'll do it. Who can say? Well, you know what they say. New Year's is right around the corner. It is, and I love a sweeping resolution that I rarely keep. (laughs) So let's see. Hey, why not this one? Why not? I like that. I feel that way too. I've been thinking about – I've actually been feeling like in the last two years I've somehow disconnected from my phone more than before. Mm. But I have also been feeling like – like I hate that thing that we all do where it's like you pick up your phone and you automatically go to the app that you go to. Which right. for me is Instagram. Me too. So I would love to just not do that. Yeah, it's 
it's it like grosses me out and mm-hmm. scares me. Yeah, I hate it actually. Um, and it's it's funny. I've been thinking about this like <laughs> I've been thinking about it because of the cats, but it makes me mm-hmm. think about like. And I've also been thinking a lot. I always think a lot about children's digital health because it's my job. Um, but because of how much I pick up my phone when I'm around the cats, and the cats often will, like, ask for my attention back, I'm like, this is sad. Like, I don't need to – I don't want to be in these habits because I am neglecting everything. Yeah. I think – I feel like I read something recently. I don't remember if it was in a book or what, but – it was like something as simple as just like at the end of your life, like you don't want like if somebody were to say this is the amount of time that you spent on your phone, like that would be jarring. And then you would be like, why? What was why was I doing that? Like there was literally anything else to do. Do you want to know the statistic from 2018 on how the long the average adult will spend on social media in their life? No, but yes. Five years. And it's definitely more now, like That's by a lot. That's so scary. But then I think about it too, and I'm like, I don't go on TikTok ever. TikTok is a, a scourge. I never go on Twitter. Like, I go on Instagram probably for one hour a day cumulatively, which is mm. a long time for no reason. But I think about how the, the kids mostly are out yep. here on it for like eight hours a day. Yeah. It's really just, dist- it's very, very disturbing to me um I also was this is such a tangent this is gonna be a long one guys buckle up (laughs) we're Um, in person I know we what was I saying oh I was reading this thing about of like it was like an open letter to some like advice columnist person from a child who's now like a teenager a young teenager who was basically like an Instagram baby like her mom like monetized her and like her Instagram became their income and like she was like doing all these brand things and she was basically like it ruined my life like if you're thinking for any the letter was basically like for anyone thinking about like starting a lifestyle blog or a mommy blog don't do it that is so sad it's chilling what like what was the well she was I can probably yeah you can guess but there was one really astute point which was basically she said that if you do that your the parent becomes the boss and you are their employee because you're generating income for them and obviously the main thing that everyone always says is like y- young children cannot consent to having their image put online and like she was talking about all of these creepy people who message her and she gets stopped and on like the, know like, what she looks like yeah so and it's like fabricated experiences and memories right, right. that are not authentic to like being together but to making money it's horrible wow I hate that yeah Um, so I've been thinking about that a lot in my spare time I actually have been thinking about it a lot too and I I think you definitely think about it more than I do but like it's been coming up for me weirdly Mm. and yeah I feel I would love to be more disconnected from my phone for sure I don't love it I don't think I've I've been I think I've never disconnected from Instagram like I've never deleted it or anything Mm -hmm. like that and I think recently I've been feeling like it's not like I'm like what is the point of this like yeah. there's literally no reason for me to go on this thing no and it like rewires your brain in ways that you can actually notice that I'm like to the point that I'm like okay if I'm noticing this like how deep does it actually go 
And I used to have like a pretty good digital wellness practice, but I need to beef it up because. So like, what could we do? Like if, if I am listening to this podcast, which I am listening to you say Mm -hmm. this, like what can I do in the month of November as a small practice to like make a difference for myself? Okay. Here are two things that I think are easy enough to do. The first thing is never put your phone face up on a table that you're sitting at. Flip your phone over. So that you don't see it light up. Because if it's on if it's on silent, it still lights up. So always have it face down, especially if you're trying to focus. So if you're with people or if you're working. Um, obviously, like, futzing with your notifications is a big one. But I think everybody knows that. So the second one I will say is move your phone charger out of reach from when you're lying in bed. So just, like, put it two feet away so that you can still like get up and get it when your alarm goes off but like you can't just like lie in bed in the morning or at night and scroll for no reason yeah I love that I the first thing I do when I wake up is I scroll and I would I like think to that's stop. true of everyone and it's funny because they do I think it's on like whatever that Vogue is like 72 questions they mm-hmm. always say like what's the first thing you do in the morning and everyone's always like it's terrible but like look at my phone and I'm like yeah everybody's it's the first thing everybody does And it's really hard because everyone uses their phone as their alarm clock, Mm -hmm. which, like, try as you might, you can get an alarm clock. You're not going to keep using it Mm -hmm. because it's annoying. So it's it's just, like, a challenge. But keeping your phone out of arm's reach is a good way to do it. And if you want to be, like, really crazy, if you have an Apple Watch, you can set your alarm on. You can plug in your phone in another room so that you get up and start your day, like, they say 45 minutes without your phone in the morning like increases your happiness by some crazy amount. Noted. Yeah, it's interesting because my parents have such good digital health. Like my mom, my parents sleep with the phone in the other room. Like my mm. mom literally re- will respond to Instagram messages that I sent her three months ago being like, sorry, like I'm just getting on here. And I'm just like, I love that for you. Like yeah. it just like has not permeated the way that you live. Yeah. It's really, I think that we can learn a lot from, like, everybody has those people. Mm-hmm. And for those people, it feels really effortless. Like, you're like, how do they do it? Like, it's just so natural and easy for them. Um, so, like, I think emulating those behaviors or just, like, when you're with those people doing whatever they do is another good way to, like, cheat the system. I like that. You know what else is really crazy? And then we'll finally move on to everything else we have planned. I know. Planned. I'm like, that's my digital wellness lecture for today. No, I like it. I feel like, I don't know. I, I don't think we're the only people that think about that. Um, especially because it's like if we really want to get granular, like I feel that a lot of people in their spare time are on their phone. And so yeah, it's, it's like. It's funny that we haven't talked about this. I know. Because t- I think about it all the time. I know we have talked about it offline a lot. And I think that it is true that, like, it's eating up so much of everybody's spare time. Yeah, and it's, like, for those that think that they don't have any time, I wonder what their stats are. Yeah, the stat, I mean, the screen time stats, like, self-diagnostic is important and stressful. Well, I find it to be a little bit difficult because I, my screen time is generally high but it also factors in like maps Mm -hmm. or like if I'm listening to a podcast or an audiobook so a lot of it is like my phone is doing something Mm -hmm. for me but I'm not scrolling on my phone you know what I mean 
Um, maybe for December, I can we can talk about like a screen time self diagnostic moment because I do think Let's that do it's it. important to like because what you said is true, and I think that what you said is what everyone's thinking, so nobody looks at it. Um, because they're like, oh, well, I was like driving for forty five minutes today, so it doesn't count. Which is true, but it's also important to look at. So I think that like the best way to do it is to like sit down and do it longhand because let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, um, that is an important spare time discussion. Yeah, I'm happy to have it. it. I think it's good to do it towards the end of the year too, because that's when everybody's thinking about their resolutions. Speaking of the end of the year, we've also committed to doing our best of the year. Oh my god, it's in many be so different wild. categories. <laughs> so get ready, buckle up. All right, Marie. Um, speaking of best of, <laughs> I'm like 45 minutes later. What was the best thing that happened to you in the month of October? Um, I ate the best donut I've ever eaten. Marie texted me and she said, "I just ate the best donut of my life. That with nothing else." And I said, "Details." <laughs> she said, "Details." So there is a place called Gwenny's Pastries in Rockville, which I came to know about because. They sell cheesecake to a restaurant called Purple Patch. And one time on a whim, we got a slice of their ube cheesecake. It's purple. It's gorgeous. And it was, we were like, this is going to be stupid. It was $12 and it was life-changing also. Wow. I'm looking Mm -hmm. at it. Super purple. So Hannah took me out to Rockville for like a little day date dim sum stuff. And we went to Gwenny's to get a treat. So we got the cheesecake and we tried out a couple of donuts and they have like filled cream-filled donuts that are yeasted dough and they had an ube flavor they had a nutella flavor and they had a pandan flavor um and i will say that i'm not really a filled donut person historically it's not something that i fuck with but i was like these look really good whatever let's try it and when i tell you that i picked up the donut and holding it in my hands (laughs) like the way that it felt i was like i know that this is going to be phenomenal because it was so like delicate and fluffy I'm truly like (laughs) (laughs) drooling it was covered in sugar the dough was like perfectly poofy but not too like not so airy that it didn't have enough structure it was the right amount of sweet like the dough itself was just kind of like towing the line between sweet and savory sweet and savory and it had like crunchy sugar on the outside and the cream was just like so incredibly light as well but not whipped so Mm. I don't know how they like achieved that because it's certainly and there was a shitload of cream inside which normally I'm like icky but it was just like and I think also because pandan is kind of like an herbaceous flavor like it's almost it's not quite minty but it's like uh I I don't know what it is it's so I don't know how to describe it it's a leaf that is kind of it looks like a green onion or it looks like a um like a chive like a chinese chive the way that the internet describes it is grassy vanilla with a hint of coconut that feels right <laughs> it's it's really nice it's quite it's very subtle and it's has like a vaguely botanical vibe mm-hmm. which i think was nice for the cream cuz it added a sort of lightness factor Oh my god. It's so funny too because I was like I'm not going to like this donut like I didn't want that flavor and it was perfect. Like I was That's how it happened. It was so good. How fun and like how random. So random. Couldn't be more random. That's cute that Hannah took you on a little day date. Yeah. Um 
Oh my god. <laughs> it was time to be real. I look completely unconscious. This is the second time it's been time to be real while we've been podcasting. It's because we are the realest. The realest. Um, that sounds good. I've never had anything pandan flavored, I believe. So I'd be interested to try. Um, I also, I, the ube is like really having a moment, specifically at Trader Joe's, which oh, is like. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of ube goods. Um, but I'm so happy for you. I would love to try it. I would be interested in trying the cheesecake, I guess. I don't really like cheesecake. Yeah, you don't like cheesecake, but it's pretty good. It's it's very yummy. It wasn't as good the second time. I hate that. I, there's something about it being a surprise. Like, yeah. that you're just like, oh, I wasn't thinking about this, and I wasn't expecting it to be that good, and it's so good. It's hard to recreate that God, experience. It's, it's hard to high chase for the rest of your life. Mm. It's not the truth. What was the best thing that happened to you this October? Um, another thing that I ate, I was in New York City, um, Morgan Stearns. Have you been there? Mm-mm. It's like a, you know, well-known ice cream establishment. It's super cute in there and they have a bunch of flavors and it's kind of like a retro diner vibe almost, but it's just ice cream. So aesthetically great. I think the ice cream is completely medium mm. and the ice cream flavor was medium that mm. we had, but the ice cream concept was completely revolutionary and one of the best things I've ever 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 seen and that is it's called vanilla brulee Mm. and basically it was a scoop of vanilla bean ice cream and then they do a layer of sugar and torch it dude and it I'm like this is genius they just like freeze the ice cream super hard before no they just scoop it it just it gets like a little bit melty but like you know creme brulee it's like you you dive in and then it's like super creamy, like silky custard. The ice cream was just like, I don't know, like kind of softened mm. vanilla ice cream. Wow. I was like, this is unbelievable. And it was so fun to eat. And it was just like such an experience. And I feel like I'll never forget it. And also I'm just going to do it at my house all the yeah, time. Yeah, I was going to you have a torch, right? I have a torch. Mm-hmm. And anybody can have a torch, really. So true. I don't have one, but maybe I should get one. It was so fun. Um, I just, I think it's genius. Also, Claire Saffitz, just her book comes out next Tuesday. I can't Yee, fucking I'm wait. I'm so excited. Um, and she just did a video about creme brulee and it made me inspired to make creme brulee. I fucking love creme brulee. I'm going to make it and I'm going to give you some. I just need a reason to. You know who loves creme brulee? Hannah? No. Well, maybe. I don't know. A person <laughs> we were just with. Rick? Fan of the pod, Rick Burt. Rick, I'll make you creme brulee. It's his fave. Okay, I'm going to make it now, and I'm going to give you some to give to him. Okay, great. Because you can't all, have, like, a lot of creme brulee by no, yourself. you would absolutely pass away. That would be one of the worst things. Feelings. If, if there was one thing, if you were forced to eat too much of something, that would be low on the list of things you would choose. Like, if you could choose anything to eat a lot of, creme brulee would really not be a good choice. That's correct. I also love that creme brulee is, like, still around from, like, the 90s. Like, I feel like I associate creme brulee with, like, beet salad and goat cheese. Like, it's, yes. like, of the same yes. era, and yet it persists because it's just so great. Timeless. Gorgeous. Yeah, so a brulee ice cream is iconic. That is really special. I can't wait to try it. Tell me about your worst. I am really excited. Um, This is a spicy, spicy hot take, pun super intended. I think that I've said this before on the podcast, but I will say it again, loud and proud. My worst of the month is fly by Jing Chili Crisp. Oh! 
I okay, so you guys know if you're listening that I'm a Laogan Ma Chili Crisp super fan. I stan. I've been buying the restaurant size jars, and I think we've gone through four in my house this year. It's a lot of chili crisp. A lot. But we ran out, and I hadn't. You have to order them online, whatever, or go to H Mart. You're like, I'm not gonna buy a regular size. No, it's like I just don't. I just was being lazy about it. And we were at Whole Foods, and Hannah was like, oh, why don't we just, like, try the Flyby Jing one? And I was like, okay, like, I've tried it before. Like, I remember it being fine. Like, comparable. hmm So, I will say, it has a nice Sichuan peppercorn flavor. Like, it has a spicier, more complex, numbing, a little bit of that numbing pepper vibe. But the crisp is not crispy. It's, like, soggy and, like sticky in a way that is like really foul to me and like mm-hmm. to the point that I was like did I get like a bad jar but no I think that's just the way that it is and I think that it is like so incredibly inferior and like no no trash to them like there's the zhong sauce is really good why do they keep posting influencers who are calling it zong sauce on their <laughs> page I wonder like, I'm happy for them having success. They're, like, a really cool Asian female-owned brand. Their branding is so cute and Really cool. fun. The Chili Crisp is not crispy. You and know what, that's Marie, important. That is important. And there's a lot of people out here right now making artisanal Chili Crisp. Yes. And my question is, who asked for this? Honestly. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just think, like, there's so many of them now all of a sudden. And none of them are crispy. It's well, I'm I'm curious because there are a lot of other ones that everybody likes. Laogama, the OG, is always on the list of like best chili crisps. Of course. It's considerably less expensive. Um and I yeah, think the it's artisanal quite ones good. are like twenty or twelve dollars. Yeah. It's crazy. Or like even like but I do think that I sort of have I have to try them all now. Of course. So stay tuned. Maybe that's my one of my journeys for the new year since I'm ripping through chili crisps. Yeah, I think that sounds good. There's one that looks pretty good at, um, you could get it at, um, what's that market that's right next to the building we were in? Oh, Foxtrot. Foxtrot. It's like Mama something. It's, oh, yeah, that's one that everyone likes too. Yeah, Carla Lolly Music likes it. Um, I really love Foxtrot, by the way. Yeah, I like it too. I like it too. They do a good job of curating their product selection. Yeah, their gummies, gummy candies. Oh, so good. So good. I actually, Oh, my God. I have to get some of those. It's my friend's wedding this weekend and that's like her favorite thing ever so I have to write a note write for myself down. um my worst of the month <sighs> this is so heartbreaking it's like I can barely get it out <laughs> it's Betty Who's new album big uh. like I and the reason like it's not that bad it's just that I was so excited for it like when did Betty come out 2018 yeah like Yes. Like we've been waiting four years for a new album from one of our favorite artists. Yes. Like a, a big time like friendship artist for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. And I want only the best for Betty Who. I want her to be as famous as she wants to be, which seems like she wants to be incredibly famous. She wants famous. to be big. She wants to be big, if you will. And this album is not it, in my opinion. It's not it in my opinion either. It really, it like really, really, it makes me so sad because I, I think she's really talented. I think she makes super fun music. Like yeah. all of the, her three previous albums are nonstop fun. Like I would listen to them 
on repeat and I and I have and I will again. Yeah, I do. This album is there just like aren't as many bangers and like they're also not it's not like she went and made like some more sad music. Like it's like there's it's the same vibe. It's just like they're all kind of they all kind of read like B-sides to me. I just don't really know what she was doing here. And I think it's hard to because in all of her promotion, she's talking a lot about how this is like so authentically her and it's like her favorite work and I think as a fan it's hard for me to be like I hear you and I love that for you and yet I feel differently it just makes me feel so bad like I I, and I will stand her forever. forever every time she comes to town I will see her yep. and I will hope for uh, an album that is what I want more next time I hope we don't have to wait four more years I don't know, Marie. I'm super bummed. Okay, but I will end on a high and say that I do think Big, the title track, yes. is really good. I love it. It's one of her great songs, I think. It's one of her great songs. It's a great song. Like, I think it's, I don't know, I love some of the choices that she made with the production. Mm-hmm. I, the whole, like, 80s heartthrob vibe, it's just like, I just don't get it. Like, I'm over the 80s music of it all. I don't like the 80s music of it all. And Big is giving us big time 80s music. But I love the lyrics. I love some of her vocal choices. And for that, I will choose to love it. And it really has like a stadium soaring anthem anthem vibe, which is fun. And also it's emotionally, I feel emotionally connected to the song Big. Yeah. But I don't feel emotionally connected to the rest of the album. It makes me so sad. I just feel like she didn't really go there emotionally. I know, but then she's like saying that she did, which I'm like, what? Also, the album is 10 songs. So short. It's 11 songs. It's 32 minutes. There are two songs that are not songs. Yeah. One of them is a voicemail that you can't hear. And the <laughs> second one is a weird thing. What, do, what would you call Hey, It's Betty? Like a weird intro track that's like... But it's like track three. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. It's like It feels like it should oh. be like the be- very beginning. Totally. That would be fine, but also it would still be weird, but fine, less Fine, but weird. annoying. I just don't like it, and I wish that I did, and that's... It ruined my month, honestly. Oh my God. I was like really looking forward to it, and yes. then I listened to it two times all the way through, and I have not listened to it since. It ruined my month is so devastating. I mean, Betty, I if you're listening. I hope she doesn't hear this. We love I you love so you, much. but this is not it. <laughs> I hope she doesn't hear this as if she would ever hear this. She won't. No, she won't. We will not be tagging we her. We won't tag her. I wish her only the best thing, and I can't wait for her and concert. And I still really believe that we would be friends. So this also, is constructive criticism, girl. The last thing I'll say is that she was kind of trashing the album Betty yes. in her promotion of this album. And I'm just like, girl... Betty is perfect. Don't be it's a really that good girl. Album. Like, where is the between you and me of this album? Where is even the marry me? I mean, where is the, what's the song called that's like, um, naked in my living room. The first song. The first song. It's called, that's my favorite song. I love how it ends. How? God, it's so good. Wake up and I'm feeling fly. It's the best it's so beginning much to an album. Like it just it has Old Me. Old Me is so good. It's so good. Okay, I'm oops. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I'm looking at Betty right now. Old Me, perfect. Do with it. 
hot. Great. This is the thing. There are a lot of hot songs on Betty. Sexy. And I think that we need hotter. All this woman. Are you the ho- One of the hottest songs. One of the hottest songs actually on earth. On earth. Not just in Betty Who's Repertoire, on Earth. There's a lot of, like, yearning on this Ignore album. Ignore me. Lo- I mean, it's just, we've got anthem after anthem Taste? after anthem. Oh, I just, it makes me feel too Even sad. the song that she cut from this album, um, Look Back at It, you know that one. Of course. It's so good. And that didn't even make it onto Betty. Maria, I'm going to say something actually really shocking. What? The song that she did for Queer Eye, All Things. Mm-hmm. Is better than any song on the new album. Besides, Big. is that is that the theme song? Yeah, that's is that her song or is that a remake of the original Queer Eye theme song? I think it is. I think it's a remake. Yeah, and it's really good. It's great. I love her work there. She does a good cover. I mean, everyone knows her cover of "I Love You Always Forever." We all if know. You're it. like, who the fuck is Betty? Who? She's that girl who covers "I, I love, love You Always you Forever." Always forever. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, well, God. Okay, we're going on too long about this, but it makes me sad. It's emotional for us. I know. I feel personal. I feel personally affected. I was waiting so long. Um, if you liked the Betty Who album, drop a line. I'm ready. I want you to sell sell me on it. I'm ready. There's nothing I want to be sold on more. Okay, I'm buying. What do you want to recommend? Okay, so I had a lot of leftover Halloween candy because I did not have a lot of trick or treaters. It was raining. Oh my god, the weather was horrible. Horrible weather in D.C. So I was like, what the fuck am I going to do with this candy? I had a lot of Butterfingers, specifically. Yum. Which is a, the family favorite at spare time. Um, and I was like, I think that probably these would make really good cookies. So mm-hmm. I did a little Google, and our friend and yours, Sally, Sally's Baking Addiction. No misses. She does not miss. Doesn't get enough attention for it. Has a chewy Butterfinger cookie recipe that absolutely bangs it's so good perfect balance of salty and sweet i put a little flaky sea salt on the top so good really fucking good and i think that they would probably be pretty good with like pretty much any chocolate candy that you Mm. have left over so that's a very timely wreck i wreck it for you if you have leftover halloween candy and you want to get rid of it you can't bring Halloween candy to the office because everyone is doing it mm-hmm. and no one will eat it. So bring a cookie bring instead. Bring a cookie instead. Also, I will say, if you have leftover candy and you don't want to turn it into cookies and you are local to D.C., the organization HIPS is collecting leftover candy. Love. So DM us and we can set set you up with that. Great. We love that. Um, my rec, have you watched The Mole on Netflix or do you know about it? The Mole? The Mole. No. Okay, it's an interesting show. It's, you know, I love shit like this. It's kind of a Big Brother challenge Mm. hybrid. Is it reality? Um, it's reality, yes. So the premise, this, apparently it was a show in like the 90s, Mm. early 2000s. Anderson Cooper was the host, question mark. But it's... What? I don't know. Is that where he, like, got his break? I don't know. I have to do a little bit more research. But they kept saying that, and I said, I'm having trouble bringing these two things together in my mind. But it's not trash. So essentially the premise is there's a certain number of people. I think it was, like, 12 to 15. I don't know. They all come together. This season happened to be in Australia. This is, like, they're they're bringing it back, the mall. So it's a new season. Yeah, reboot. Um... 
And they have to do all of these random challenges, but they like really vary. Like they'll be Mm. like, climb a mountain for six hours or like try to escape out of this like prison cell or like you have to like decide who takes this briefcase out of the room. Like they really, really, really vary. Um, And the whole thing is that each challenge they're trying to win money, but Mm. one of the people in the group is the mole Mm. and they are secretly working against them. And at the end of every episode and like periodically, I guess in their timeline, they will sit down and they all have to take this quiz and the quiz is basically I think it's like 75 questions like rigorous (laughs) and it's about who they think the mole is and whoever whoever is like least close gets um automatically kicked off so it's like totally like based on your performance on this quiz and it's based on like your observations of the people and who you think is sneaky okay so it's like your both trying to win the challenges because you want to win money, but you also have to observe people so that you don't get kicked off. So the mole doesn't win any money if they win. So the mole is trying to actively make them lose money. Right, 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 right. But if you're a contestant and you're not the mole. Yes. You've got a dual job. Exactly. Fascinating. I loved it. That's an interesting concept. I really did think it was an interesting concept. And what was so crazy about it is that the, the audience doesn't know who the mole is either, mm-hmm. which is fun. Oh, that is fun. But literally you're like every person could be the mole because everybody is so bad and like losing yeah. all of these things. It's wild. Um, so is it the same mole the whole season? Yes. Wow. What it's if, really they, wild. How do they – well, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> okay. The mole can't be eliminated. Got it. Okay. And the mole, I don't think, has to take the quiz. What if the mole is, like, really obvious and bad at their job? Then, I don't know. But it's, like, watch it. Because you'll be okay. like, wait, everybody is, like, doing crazy things. And is everybody the mole? everyone's being sus. Yeah, but some people. figure out who the mole is. Yeah, but some people, I think, are genuinely just bad. Oh, I see. Oh, I Or they just, like, make, like, there will be, like, temptations where, Mm. like, they'll be, like, you know, how much money will you take away from the group to be safe tonight? And, like, one Mm. person was, like, $20,000. And people were, like, what? You're the mall. Was she? I don't know. Oh, my God. It was, like, a good, like, brain candy thing. That sounds fun. I like it. Would recommend it's on Netflix. All the episodes are out now, too, so you don't have to wait. Okay. Amazing. I love that. Um culture it's time we've been chatting culture feels like this whole this time whole time but it's time to get down to what everyone is talking about right now and that is the album midnights by taylor swift smashing records left and right consuming our every thought <laughs> okay before we begin can you tell the listeners what your relationship with taylor swift is yes i have been uh, what would be categorized as a Swifty since the very early days, since oh. self-titled. But I was closeted because I thought it was lame. Mm-hmm. I um, understand. Yeah, because it is lame. But now I'm happy. She's 30 now. She doesn't care. I don't give a fuck if you think it's lame to like Taylor Swift. You're boring. Um. So, yeah, I loved her. I listened to... Our song on repeat for endless hours on my iPod oh my mini. God. Um, and I actually won my iPod. I have a very vivid memory of 
my iPod mini died before my free period. And I was so obsessed no. with the song, our songs, this freshman year of high school that I took my friend Lizzie Mason's um, iPod and down or com- computer downloaded our song, gave her a dollar and took her iPod for my free period. So I could keep listening to our song. So you were an early streamer, early adopter, in a way. loved her so much, went to the speak now tour. Oh my God. Special. I have a really weird shirt. Um, <laughs> like really, really bad merch. And I've just been, I mean like the, the ROI on being a Swifty from has really, I mean, it's incredible. Like she has yeah. really just, she just keeps getting better. You've really grown with her. Yeah. It's important. And your relationship is different. My relationship is different. I was not a Swifty. I honestly don't know if I am a Swifty now, um, I think I really got into Taylor in the uh, folklore Evermore era. The be- I mean, the best era. I yeah. Know. Because that's the kind of music that I love the most. Um, I obviously am, like, familiar with Red, 1989, Reputation. There's Lover. I actually, I guess I was kind of into Lover when it came yeah, out. Yeah, I remember when we were, when Lover came out. We, like, road tripped. Yeah, you were like, I hate that I can't stop listening to this. Yeah, so I actually think Lover was the sorcery for me. Um, Cruel Summer was my song of the year in 2019 because I listened to it for the duration of a flight from D.C. to Portland, (laughs) Oregon. Well, Cruel Summer is one of the all-time great songs. It's so good. Yeah, so I love Taylor's, some of Taylor's music. I think, like, the the cheesy stuff doesn't really work for me. Um, But I think she's a masterful songwriter, and I think she's really, like, I... I love Lover, I love Folklore, I love Evermore, and I love Midnights. Yeah, I love Midnights too. It took it took a couple listens. Yeah, I couldn't have said that a week ago. But boy, oh boy, have I not stopped. Okay, let's discuss. Okay. Um, well, there's a lot of... I'm very invested in Taylor Swift, the woman. Like, and I hate Taylor Swift, the woman. Yeah, I just think that I'm interested in her personal life. I think it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I love that she is talking more in her music about fame and money and like mental health and like the way that she's fucked up from becoming famous when she was 15. Like that kind of stuff really interests me and I think it's so meaty. Um, so for that reason, I love all songs that she like songs that where she talks about that that get kind of meta and take down that fourth wall so I love Mm anti-hero that's the lead single from the album has video it's a banger um I think that my other three favorite songs are should have would have could have which is one of the bonus tracks quote unquote from the 3am version I think it's one of the best songs she's written I would put it in my top 10 of all time agree and I love Sweet Nothing, which is, like, the love song on the album. And I love Mastermind, which is another one that's about, like, her per- her self-perception and the way that she's perceived by her fans slash the masses. And I feel like a week ago you did not love Mastermind. No, I hadn't. I think that I just wasn't really paying attention mm-hmm. because I really listened, was listening to the album all the way through from Midnight's to through 3am edition so like mastermind even though it's the last track on the album it was kind of falling in the middle yeah so i wasn't i was kind of like drifting at that point Mm -hmm. but now i'm in she got you i really like it i really like it too i can't stop listening to it it's crazy um i everything that you said i definitely agree like i think 
I like when she's honest in her yes. music. Like, and I I think where where she loses me is songs like Vigilante Shit, where I'm like, this is a character in a way, and it's like you're it's I don't it's like a caricature of yes. you, and it's like I don't I just want it to be right. real. Although for, folklore and Evermore is a lot of like stories which I think and is that different. works for me too right I mean the thing that's missing I, I think for me vigilante shit is a near miss because like if it was just a little more tongue-in-cheek then it yeah. would be different like when she is kind of wanking at you and she's in on the joke and the joke is herself that really works for me mm-hmm. um like I think that oh god what song is it that I'm thinking of like I guess I mean um what is the song that I'm thinking of? Blank Space mm-hmm. was the first time that she was really like poking fun at the way that she like herself being like Taylor Swift TM. Yeah, and I think that really works. But vigilante shit like doesn't doesn't go all the way there. So I'm just kind of like yawn. It's just like stupid to me. My favorite by One Mile is Would Have Could Have Should Have. I think it is an unbelievable song. Yeah, it's one of it's. Like one of the best songs absolutely masterful and it's one something that she doesn't do that often which is like the extended metaphor of I, I will I'll say two things she doesn't do very often the first is extended metaphor in quite this way like she loves mixing metaphors mm-hmm. which I think she does a little too much in this album like she loses me a little bit mm-hmm. um and the, uh, the second thing which is related to the extended metaphor of the song is talking about faith and talking mm-hmm. about religion. And I think that this song is really smart in the way that it manipulates religion to tell this story. And, like, she was a, like, re- quote-unquote religious person slash artist. Like, she had some, like, super Jesus-y Christmas music back in the day. <laughs> um, which I think is interesting to sort of turn on its nose in this setting. I know. I um, We're going to be doing our top 10 Taylor Swift songs personally with our Swifty chat. But um, if I had to really, you know, say it now, I think that All Too Well 10 Minute version is my number one. And I think Would Have, Could Have, Should Have is my number two. Which is interesting because they are both rooted in a similar mission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. But I love that. Um, Bigger Than the Whole Sky is another favorite of mine on this really album. Good. Yep. I think it's just gorgeous and it makes me cry. And it reminds me of Marjorie, which is my favorite song on Evermore, even though I can't really listen to it all that much mm-hmm. because it makes me too sad. I love Karma. I me think too. Karma to me is like that this is Taylor at her best for me, where it's like it's fun, it's a little cheesy, it doesn't totally make sense, it's boppy, but it's not like too stupid. Right, and it's also not, like, trying to be anything that it's not. Like, it's, yeah. it's just supposed to be a fun song, and it's rooted in this, like, feud, but she doesn't go there. She doesn't go to the vigilante shit place. Correct. Yeah. I love Karma. Um, I also, this has kind of been, like, a, a new move for me, but I love Midnight Rain. Mm. I don't understand what she's doing with the voice augmentation. Like, it feels a little I hate it. dumb. But I think the song is catchy and fun. And to me, it's, like, the most, like, obviously the title. But, like, this one feels like you're, like, I'm awake at midnight and I'm spinning. Yeah, the problem with the album conceit of her being, like, these are 13 sleepless nights. I'm, like, you're I like, don't believe really? you, actually. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like, thank you for your concept album. It feels like you lost the concept. The concept didn't really maintain all the way through, but that's okay, girl, because even the songs that album. I hate, I know all the words to now. Yeah, um, I love Antihero, and Marie, you're not going to be happy about this, but The Great War is one that I... I don't love the metaphor. Crimson Globe, uh-huh. It's the uh-huh. <laughs> it's the uh-huh. It lives in my heart. It won't leave me. But yeah, overall, I do really like this album now. Yeah, I like it a lot, too. Thank God. We need a new tail. The problem is that now I'm ruined, and I'm going to require a new Taylor Swift album every six months. Is she okay? <laughs> no. Like, well, because she, she can't leave her life. house. Yeah, she doesn't have a life. I mean, I guess that's good for, nice us. for us. Yeah. All right, so that's Midnight's. Oof, okay. This is what I wanted from Betty. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, not to bring it back. It's um, okay. Our next topic is rather light, but important. It's important because I don't think it got enough play. I didn't know about this until Marie sent it to me. So Kim Kardashian was invited to Tracy Ellis Ross's birthday party. A famously chic woman. Yeah, like famous, sartorially famous, in addition to the other ways that she's famous. Um, it was, I guess her birthday must fall somewhere close to Halloween. So Kim mistakenly believed that this was a costume party. So she rocks up. Everybody is in like cocktail, like black tie apparel and Taylor or Taylor. Oh my God. And Kim is in an avatar, an avatar costume, like color contacts, like probably took eight hours to put on her like full body it's one of the more hilarious things that I can imagine happening. It's completely unbelievable. It's like it's like the scene in Legally Blonde where Elwood shows up, but times a million. one million because and the it's commitment. Also, it's like that scene, except for if Elwood's was wearing an insane costume, and also if Elwood's was the most famous person on the planet. It's it so me joy. funny. <laughs> and she seemed to be like a really good sport about it. So I just think that that's hilarious. I'll, you have to see it to understand. We will be linking. Yeah, she poked fun of at herself, which I appreciate. If that happened to me, I would run away home and never show my face again. Yeah, you would. And then you would release a reputation album. I'm extremely excited to see this happen on the Kardashians show. I Wait, hope. do we think that there will be... A Kim K. Taylor crossover for karma in any way. I want Kim Kardashian to post a video to her story of herself driving in her fucking Rolls Royce playing karma. It would be too good, but it would end the internet. Yeah, I think actually the world would just, we would say, that's it. We've done it. Full circle now. (laughs) I love it. Okay, so... Something else is The Watcher is a show on Netflix right now. Yes. Which Marie was telling me that the people think that it's bad. And I could see why. But I think a lot of people don't know that it's actually based on an article Mm -hmm. that first came out on The Cut um, in, I want to say, like like a few years ago. Had to have been, at least. Um, And... I just think it's a fascinating read, and I think if you have watched the show, or if you haven't and you're not planning on it, you should read this article. Yeah, I read the article first, and I think that you can do that too. I just started watching it, but it is an absolutely wild nightmare of a story. It's a wild nightmare of a story. Um, And I love those. Me too. they don't happen to me. I feel like we don't really need to say any more. No, just read it. Just read the article. We're going to link it. I think it's really important context. And I read the article first 
and then I watched the show and I really enjoyed the show because I knew what I understood what the showrunners were working mm-hmm. off of. Yes. I think it's cool to write uh I mean, I feel like we don't see that usually so many of the shows we watch right now are based on books, so it's fun so to see many. It's like based on a you know, three thousand word article. I will say I think the cut is producing some of the best feature stories on the internet right now. I agree. I love their work. Subscribe to the cut. I I love the whole like New York family TV. Me too. I think all of them are all of them are great. Worth the worth whatever it costs. I think. I agree. Sponsor us. Um, okay, Lisa, talk to me about what this month November has in store for you. Well, Marie, um, I think that I don't even know because I think I have a lot of I don't have a lot of spare time this month. I have a lot of work travel etc going on and then it's going to be the holidays yeah I mean the thing about November is that it really does feel like you're just like stepping off the edge into a free fall into the new year which is kind of exciting but I just am so astonished that November is here every time and I feel like this this year more than any other year I've been like wait what I was on a walk yesterday and I was kind of like Wait, but where did September and October go? Like, I feel like we're always like, fall, and then it's like, wait, fall is over Mm -hmm. somehow. Like, winter is upon us. It's over. And then, like, the election is right around the corner, which, like, we haven't even touched, and we don't need to go there, but, like, go fucking vote. Especially, you know who you are if you need to more than others, but everybody should vote. Um, It's fucking scary. Yeah, I don't like it. And I also just cannot believe that it's it's now it's now it's like how did this happen yeah I don't know I feel like we talk about this all the time but it really does feel like time just falls away I know that's why we have to be so intentional about our spare time yes we do we do so the honest truth for me is I don't know how I'm gonna be spending my spare time but I'm gonna like it I'm gonna like it too I'm gonna definitely be spending some of my spare time in the next handful of days phone banking so Mm -hmm. if anybody wants to do some phone banking I'm gonna be doing some PA phone banking do Florida do Georgia Dr. Oz I can't (laughs) speak about it It can't be discussed no but if you want to phone bank with me please do it's fun you can you know whatever Mm. gives you something to talk about if you're flirting with a political person in your DMs specific example to me but it worked out so Mm -hmm. That's some spare time usage that might be stressful, but sometimes it's okay to use your I spare like that. time that way. Um, yeah, but I really don't, I can't, I don't really know what else I'm going to do this month, truthfully. Like, I am in denial that it is upon me. I guess, like, start looking at Thanksgiving recipes, but like, oh, I'm not ready. No. I don't want to. Let's not. Let's not. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just, like, not in the mood. I know, it's kind of a blah way to send us into the next (laughs) month, but, like, sorry. That's where we're at right now. We famously cannot sugarcoat it. No, and I love that about us. Yeah. Um, so let's just end it there. Okay. (laughs) Well, thanks for spending your spare time with us. Bye. (laughs) Hopefully November.